Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. to the Wise Men's Here podcast, where we do have that win to talk about. It was never, ever in doubt. Not until the sixth minute of injury time, anyway, on Saturday, Sunderland beat Charlton 3-1 in their first game in the third division for however many years it is, 30 or something like that. 31? Yeah, yeah. 31. Try and forget. <laughs> Try and forget. Uh, I'm Stephen Goldsmith. I'm joined, as always, by Gareth Barker. Um, we're in my house tonight. I'd like to mix it up between the houses and the pubs. Well, it's a practicality issue, isn't it? Really, we'll see. It's not it's an quite, issue. It's, it's more equity in here because your kitchen—you've got a kitchen diner. It's bigger than 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 my uh, dining room. It's bigger than that. Well, I can't do anything about that unless we, you know, unless we go up and bail into one of the girls' bedrooms or something and, <laughs> and set the kid up in there, kick no, them out. Let's not do that. No, we'll definitely not do that. Uh, we are joined tonight. A couple of guests with us. Former Sunderland striker Stephen Elliott is with us. Welcome along, Stephen. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having me again. That's you. I think that's all right, Gareth. Gareth's getting paranoid about the sound, and he's ushering Stephen yeah, close to the microphone yeah. while he blows everyone's ears when off. When the there. abuse comes it in, sounded okay to me. That I'll be honest. When the abuse comes in, it'll be <laughs> me who feels bad about it because it's my responsibility. I'm not um, intimidated by having Stephen in, in my humble abode at all. He's got like mansions in Dublin and stuff like that. But I'm sure. Do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say because I'm, I'm, you know, looking for a holiday. If you let him out, that's already read it out. That one, Stephen, isn't it? Uh, we're also joined by it's James. Property podcast. <laughs> James Copley is with us again as well for the second podcast in a row. Good to have you along, James. Nice not to be dropped from the starting the starting four. No, well, no. You know, give it time. You've returned, your, <laughs> you've returned your place. You've got competition for places this year. There's mm. no doubt about that. Asked first. That's why he's here. <laughs> how, how was your experience the weekend, James? You were you were in the in the press bit and got to speak to the manager after the game. Good experience for you. Massive, massive experience for me. Um, it was a bit surreal. I was. I think I had an out of body experience during. <laughs> obviously, I've been a Sutherland fellow all my life, and suddenly I'm stood next to Nick Barnes interviewing Jack Ross and. I kind of had a moment where I was like, looking, don't be starstruck by Nick Barnes. Don't be starstruck by him. It was, the tweed got me, you know. I thought I'm going to have to up my up my game, but yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. You've got a lot of adapter to do if you're going to be intimidated by Nick Barnes. I'm telling you, there's a lot worse than that out there. <clears throat> what did it sound like from up there? Because obviously the because there's no fans, there's there. no fans there anymore. Mm. Um, to be honest, not that great. I remember 
me and Stephen talking after the game and him saying it was up there with any Premier League moment and the noise doesn't really reach you. I could tell it was significant, obviously, because you're, you're reporting on it and such like, but the, the noise doesn't really filter filter through, um, which is a shame and I think probably something that Charlie Methven might look at, possibly. He's got a, he's I'd got be surprised if he didn't. I mean, we don't want to go off on a tangent here. People who don't care about things like this, like where the media positions like that, but as far as the media experience goes... Match day Sunderland is not great compared to other clubs. Anyway, we'll we'll move on to the game. Stephen, first thing you said when you come in, they needed that win. I think the the new players as much as anything because they don't have this monkey on the back. They've played one game in the stadium of light and they've won it now. Yeah, it was it was a great day, really. I say great day. It was a great finish to the game. But like, no, I saying going towards the game and all, you could sense there was a buzz around around the ground again. You, you felt like the club really needed a needed a result more than a performance of anything because I just felt like. To win the game, and obviously even the win of the way they did was probably even better than kind of being a hammering, like even a two, comfortable three nil, because the score in the 96 minute it just sent everybody so happy and hungry for more. And now I was just glad to be there, first game of the season. It was it was a you couldn't ask for a much better start if you're Jack Ross, really. We probably go back to the um, the you know the similar kind of parallels. Obviously, we went up a division, um, the squad that uh, you were in, and played Tottenham the first game of that season. Um, and won it in the the last minute through Chopra, um, and that felt like an exorcism. It felt like the it was, you know, the it all that all that horrible the fifteen point season and all that that you know was there before. Couldn't win it all. We obviously won the last game of the season at home against Fulham, and the the pressure was there. It was like you know how we're going to cope. Going back into the Premier League, exercising some ghosts, and it was it was the, it was ex, you know, and that's what it felt like. It felt like all that misery. It's was funny gone. enough that you, you mentioned that game. I had actually left the club at yeah. that time, been shipped out, but I was actually watching the game with Mickey Gray, believe it or not, in a in a hotel in Wolverhampton because we'd both signed for Wolves that year, and it was an early kickoff. I remember yeah, right, it was, was it? Yeah. And so me and Mick were staying in the same hotel, and we uh, we were watching the game, and obviously when uh, I think Ross Wallace pulled the back, didn't he, yeah. and Chopper scored. Me and Mick we were jumping around in our Wolves <laughs> tracksuits. People were thinking, "What's going on there?" Like you know, but that was a bit of a surreal moment. But it was funny. Like <laughs> you're right, what you're saying. I mean, and James touched on it there. We had a conversation at the end of the game. We had a nice little moment, didn't we? At the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel, the, the the crowd had gone, and we were talking to Frankie Francis, who does the entertainment, who's going to do the show for us this Thursday, and we were just having a just talking and reflecting on the game and, and it was a nice place to stand, wasn't it? Pitch side, I'll be honest. And what then, what happened after that, Stephen? Or some idiots start shouting from the stands. No, that was, this, this, was, this was after you give us abuse from the <laughs> stands. Really? Uh, you, you made the commitment to leave where you were knowing that we would be heading down the tunnel to, come, not, and give us, to come and give us abuse. Yeah, I didn't right, know it. Well, premeditated I was talking abuse, to Frank, I was talking to Frankie <laughs> and then Frankie was like, oh, there's Stephen and I was very drunk, so I decided I'd <laughs> shout abuse at you. So I enjoyed that. I mean, really capped the day for but, me. But we spoke about um, the moment um, the ball hit the back of the net then. The release, I think, you know, you think about the pure misery that engulfed us when David Moyes was manager, the two years of players who didn't seem to care, playing beneath themselves, thinking they're doing us a favour. Two pathetic relegations in succession, former players and media and opposing fans all mocking us. And I think every single Sunderland fan had a release with that and they got rid of all the built up anger and frustration caused by all of those things when the ball hit the back of the net. And it was, I think it was fitting in a way that it was somebody like Lyndon Gooch who scored it as well, somebody who's been here the whole time and he's, a, he's, a, he's an adopted Macam, isn't he? Lyndon Gooch. I think for, the first thing about that was. The, the way the game started and you've got to give loads of credit to the fans I think 
you know, obviously people have been talking about the fact there were so many there. And they'll have all been there the last five years. There won't be new people. There'll be people coming back who've got sick or whatever, or justifiably so. And they stuck with them, even though we're pretty poor in the first half. We think they just it felt as though we were overwhelmed. I don't think it was anything to do with ability. It was just to do with... It, it didn't feel as though you know Charlton did some good things the pressing was really good from Char- the front Charlton did press very very well yeah. and very high up the pitch and I think like, like you say Sunderland, the Sunderland team were like wow it's like mm. well we've arrived now type yeah. of thing like all the kind of build up pre-season it's yeah. all kind of nice and rosy but when, when the first yeah. game of the season kind of it felt like it hit them and they just weren't quite yeah. ready for it especially a couple of the, the newer lads that were in there but like you say you managed to turn it yeah. around I think I what think, was clear sorry James I think sorry. what was clear though you mentioned Charlton pressing and coming out the blocks and everybody I think everybody in the stadium looked around thinking oh, is this is this happening here but what was clear that was them putting everything they possibly had because we'll, we'll get onto the, the system change formation change in a bit but Charlton did nothing after 30 minutes and they were spent as an attacking force they have clearly went out with the instructions silence this crowd early try and get yourselves one or two goals in front and defend and hold onto the lead and of course one nil is never quite safe enough on, on that I, I respect, is it? I think that was definitely the plan because historically over the past five, ten years, Sunderland have been really, really weak mentally. You go goal down, it's the same old story, isn't it? Sunderland, you know, disappoint the fans at home. Fans don't really get on the back at Sunderland, but there's been just general apathy, hasn't there? Um, but I thought Lyle Taylor was really, really dangerous in the first half as pace against O'Turk and Leuven's looked like it could be a real, real problem. Mm. Um but even the two centre-backs seemed to grow into the game. I mean, when they went to the three in the second half, it helped them, didn't it? I mean, the, thing, the first half was frustrating, talking about the good things Charlton did. I just didn't feel Sunderland did. Mm. I was talking about the game. I, they just didn't, I didn't feel as though we did the good good things we could do. And that was a most... Like, Mumba, Mumba kept the ball moving, but mm. people weren't willing to get on it. M- people Mumba. weren't willing to, to retain the ball. Not talking about... I know Jack Ross made a comment about too many touches, but about using the ball properly and, and keeping the ball. I felt as though often people were running away from the ball, full-backs were getting it, and people talk about playing in triangles. I felt as though we were playing in squares, so you'd yeah. have an option down mm-hmm. the line, an option yeah. inside, I one think, inside. though, obviously, with, with Luke and I coming in there, like, he'd only been in the building, what, yeah. a week, like, and it's mm-hmm. it's very hard to come in from, from a club like Wickham and kind of be thrown straight into the start and level and go, on you go, there you go. So mm-hmm. he wouldn't have played, really, with any of them, them lads as well up until this point, and I think it showed a little bit in yeah. the first half, but as you say... I, I don't think you can kind of judge Sunderland on that first no. half performance. I think the kind of second half, they kind of start growing into, and there's a, I, they've still got a lot more to come. I think I don't think it was a particularly unbelievable performance, no. but it was just all about the result the weekend. And I think we're not being wise after the event here, Gareth, because I put in the group chat when I saw the team selection, didn't I, that I was concerned about Sunderland's centre midfield partnership. Mumba is going to be a very good player. He was very tidy when he had the ball. I think his spatial awareness was lacking a bit. He's 16 year old. He was at school. He was at it's school crazy. up until the summer. It's, it's crazy, so it's it? to be expected. What, what were we Luke, doing at 16 years old? <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> Luke, Luke, Luke 09, as Stevens just said, has only been in two minutes. It's a step up for him, remember as well. He's stepping up a division. Playing two centre midfielders like that and Charlton were big physical side. And I was concerned when I saw the team selection. But all you can do is, is credit the manager for recognising that as well. Um, and saying we need extra regardless of how Charlton set up we just needed extra bodies and he, he shuffled things around regardless 
put Mumba to the left a little bit of the three, didn't he? Just to take him out of that engine room a little bit. He, he dropped Maguire back, got him involved. He started dictating play second half, Maguire. He had a bit of quality, Maguire. I think, he was good he? second like, half, kinda, wasn't You he? could tell he's played at a, at a higher level. I know last year it didn't go quite well at Bury, but like, it was good for, for him to have a good game on a personal level. He'd be full of confidence now. And I think he has, especially in League One, I think he has that little bit of quality and know-how to kind of maybe show that little bit of composure that maybe some of the other lads in the squad don't have at this moment in time but I think the other lads can learn off him as well I love his character as well because he wasn't great first half but then he comes out and you know he's probably thinking in his head a lot of people are going to be thinking Bury last season didn't go too well and he's come out and he's he's got on the ball and he's put his foot on the ball and he's he's really gone for it well I think everybody knows the narrative of this game is the way Jack Ross changed the sides we're going to hear from him now on how he did that I think first of all their shape surprised us it's not something that they've done through pre-season or indeed through last season so credit to them for that and um, I think he's spooked us a little bit I think we were guilty of overplaying and taking too many touches and and a very competitive and congested middle of the park early on and we don't have a huge amount of physicality in that area so I thought they were better in the opening period I thought towards the end of the half we created a bit of momentum we looked more of a threat but I had kind of made up my mind probably 10 minutes before half time that we would, we would change that and we would go and match up believing that I think the momentum we had created we would continue that in the second half so the players deserve credit for that because they adapted and then they continued to show that application and I think the momentum that we had built at the end of the first half we continued that in the second half and um, as the game went on, I didn't think we would concede again. Um, you know, it's whether or not we could take one of these opportunities that we created. I don't think he realises, Jack, how much that means to us to hear that that somebody's identified a problem ten minutes before half time and thought I'm going to do something about it because too many times we've had managers in the past. And Simon Grayson would just stand there, wouldn't he? <laughs> With respect to Simon, you, you, you can't you can't think that he would have identified that problem and did something at half time like Jack's done there. Well, you look at Jack. I think one thing that strikes me about him is he's, he's a very composed man, and he, he doesn't kind of seem flustered at all. And he's obviously he's obviously come from Saint Mirren, which has obviously come to Sunderland as a big step up club wise, fan fan base wise. Like it's a huge club compared to Saint Mirren. So for him, he he's just kind of he's kicked on a little bit, and he's thought, okay, this is a new challenge for me. And he was able to, like you say, he mentioned there, he he know he was. He noticed what was going on with ten minutes to go, and even in saying that, they still kind of got back into the game. Like you know what I mean? With, with five, six minutes on the clock, he probably should have equalised with Magic Strike. He probably should have hit a fourth time. But to go in and maybe I'm sure he, he had a calm head as well at half time, and which which will help in the dressing room when you're one 0 down. You sometimes you look to your manager to say, okay, when you're one 0 down, you need somebody to come in and take charge. And maybe with previous managers, I don't know whether that happened, but it, from the from the looks of things and from the noises coming out of the club, he definitely made that decision and he knew what he was doing. Well, if you, if you cast your minds back to the opening game of last season, we were drawn 1-1 with Derby after going behind and we had Wabi Kazri on the bench and it was screaming out, you know, for the change to come and Simon Grayson bottled it really in the end, didn't he? And you never got that impression that Grayson had that kind of decisiveness in him, whereas Ross really, really does. Mm-hmm. I think Sinclair made a massive difference when he came on as well I know people talk about the system but I thought he was really good he looked quality he, mm-hmm. he looked a class above from the other players I thought he had a great touch. chance as well didn't he yeah he did he, he probably well, he stabbed he, he it he missed the he? chance I think that's another another guy we haven't mentioned yet Oviedo like, I don't know how long he's going to be here yeah. for but I think it was clear to see the quality he yeah. kind of mm-hmm. brought to the pitch when he came on I think him and him and like you mentioned um 
Sinclair when he came on the two of them showed a little bit more about about their play a bit more like kind of just that little bit extra quality which will come in this league one isn't the type of league where you have to be unbelievable to win the league it's not the championship it's definitely not the premier league so that little bit of quality can go a long way and i think we see in second half the two of them made a big huge difference and it helped helped Maggio up front as well having a body up beside him because he was very isolated first half i've been up there you play we've talked this before on the show about being up there on your own when there's nobody supporting you it becomes very difficult you've got two big lumps coming down on top of you but straight away having another body alongside him puts confusion into the defenders and was able to give Magic a little bit more space and he obviously scored his goal with, with the owner you needed that little bit quality from some, somewhere as well because for all Sunderland had the ball and I think the more you think about the game in hindsight the more you appreciate the fact that Charlton were done after after 30 minutes that the put everything into that performance to, to had a clear tactic to try and get the, the noses in front but we weren't creating chances I mean we were putting balls into the box and I'm sure every Sunderland fan was sitting watching that thing and I, I hope White gets himself fit as soon as possible because the balls are going into the box Madge is not really the kind of striker to get in the box and get in the end of things but a touch of quality you know you could argue whether the keeper should have done better or not it, it's a touch of quality. He scored a couple like that at St. Mirren as well. Why sort of give the keeper the eyes it's, and he's he just found an angle to score. It was weird. I thought I thought it was just a weird goal. Like you wouldn't expect the striker to to shoot from there. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't have thought. I don't know. I, think I don't know. Stephen, would you shoot from there? He's, he's in the box and he kind yeah. of gets half a yard and he shoots. And to be fair, when you're a forward and you score in the first game of the season, there's nothing better. And he'll be full of confidence yeah. now. And obviously. The club are going to have to, to need him in the next few weeks. I don't think Charlie White will be back for another three weeks. And obviously, Sinclair looked like he's picked up an injury as mm-hmm. well. So the onus will be on him to kind of to keep producing in, in the, the near few weeks. But it was good for him to get off the mark. I mean, that's a ma- that is a massive boost, isn't it? To have you know you've got McGee come back in, who's probably going to be the star player in the team. Do we need more physical presence you know, now as well? well I, see, I, I, guess I, see. I, I, I walk past McGee at the end of the game. He's a smart. He's, he's, I know that's not his job. He, he sits in front of the back four and he, he, he dictates player but he's not a big lad he's smaller than me he's quite small and, and slight the, the worry for me with McGeek is he, he's I, I've seen him play a few times up up in uh, Scotland and he's, his ability I've seen him when he was a young lad up at Celtic as well his ability is like he's got bags of ability if he, if he could stay fit he probably wouldn't be playing in League 1 do you know what I mean that's, that's how good he is but it's that's the, that's the thing can he stay fit can the club kind of get him training wise match wise and get that balance right where he can be on the pitch most most weekends the, the, you're right about the. I mean, Honeyman's the captain, and he's, you know, slight. You'd expect he's going to play every week, wouldn't you? Well, now that he's the captain, like it looks like he's kind of well, he's he's going to play. But it's one of one of them. Just because he's the captain, does he have to play? Do you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to look at who you're up against and kind of formation wise. Me personally, I don't think he should be guaranteed a starting spot. Like on on kind of. The way he plays, like he, I know he, he he works hard for the team and that, but there may be games where you might might need somebody to put the foot on the ball a little bit. I felt at times the weekend. I think Jack Ross m- mentioned like taking too many touches. I think he did at times. He felt like he was trying too hard, like he was running the ball down blind alleys at times. And again, it was his first first game as captain. Maybe he was a little bit excited as well. So I said the players would have learned a lot off that game, and I'm sure we'll see an improved performance over the next few weeks. And the manager will have done as well because. We are talking about it now. It was clear. I mean, I think it's it, the league kind of all things interesting because you know there's this this is clamour to get him out of the club and stuff like that. I, I'd want to know really, honestly, how many Sunderland fans sat and watched that first twenty minutes and thought, well. Lee Catamore should be playing arguably here because we were getting over on a midfield. He's not the biggest lad, but he, he, he you know, he, he handles himself physically, doesn't he, in the middle of the park? And what is clear now is that if he's on his way out, 
we need somebody in with our physical presence, even if that's a plan B for Jack Ross. We need to have that option still. Four side, they're going to be more physical sides than Charlton in League One, and 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 they're really bulldozed us that first. I, I know what you're saying, but I I don't think you definitely need a physical presence in there. If you if you can get playing, well, I think the squad Sunderland have quality wise, if they kind of get used to playing each other, they should have more ability than most of the other teams in this league. And so for me, the people say, yeah, you got you got to have a bit of physicality in there, which you do. In some games, it's going to be going to be tough in there. You need like you looked at the the midfield when Charlton came out, you like they're all six foot plus. And you look at our little midgets going and everything. God, it could be. But at the same time, football is about playing football, and I think second half, although Sullen weren't great, they played a lot better football than Charlton, and Charlton couldn't get near the ball. And remember, the the winning goal was a header. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about height and physicality. It's hunger, isn't it? Yeah, mm. get one. You want the ball. It's about and the quality of the delivery. As soon as he put that, as soon as the left foot, you thought there's a chance. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because um, everybody in the ground spotted Gooch's run, did didn't he, they? Did well, yeah. Yeah. it was a great <laughs> dummy on the edge of the box. Wasn't it? But, but they see the thing with Gooch. I, I'm really fond of Gooch on the pitch. I think, like, I know he, he's sometimes kind of he run the ball over play and he, he kind of mm. he lose the ball. But the thing that like, when he gets on the ball, he's forced out. Is mm. can I get at the fullback? Yeah. Can I get at the defender? Which gets the defenders thinking, oh, they don't. Defenders don't want to be running backwards and. Especially when a players are so direct, like like say Gucci is, it gets the crowd going as well because they know right he's going to get a defender. People are off the edge of their seats and it creates a little bit of a buzz. And I was really impressed with him. Although yeah. I'm sure he can play better, I, I thought in the 96 minute, especially after messing up literally what 10 seconds before yeah, the goal, he, the pass, he had a he? hunger. Like that, he see he recognised that right. I can get into the back post. I can be a hero here. And that takes that takes guts and kind of balls to do that. Do you know what I mean? I think for me, he was the man of the match. Not only for the, for that reason, but I think. He was a match winner, so he, yeah. he deserved. Andrew McGuire, I think, got it on Sky, didn't he? But for me, Gooch I've got to check out Twitter. But you keep talking. I'm going to because we put. He, a, he put, never stopped showing for the we, ball. Gucci, we put a poll on Twitter, which is quite impressive. I think you look at the last end of last season. You know, he went out the team. He was kind of playing as a necessity when he early last season. Then he came in on merit hmm. at the end of last year, and he was excellent. When he got injured, we missed him. Um, he looked a championship level, hmm. potentially championship level player. Um, and he certainly impressed in pre-season scored a very similar goal Gordon Armstrong picked up on that I think on Twitter and said that if you if you do that more regularly he reckons he'll get at least 10 goals this season well when you have Eviedo putting, putting balls in like that which that was Premier Sublime, League balls, wasn't really, really you're, you're a kind of attacking player that's, that's going that, that's in, another one no, again not being, not being wise after the event saw the team selection saw Oviedo on the bench now he hasn't kicked up a fuss like some of the other one away players mm. have you have to start someone like that. If he's if he if he wants to be away or not, mm. if he's available and he wants, it's he's, gonna, pre- he's prepared to play. He's, he's one of the better players at the moment. Play him. Do you know he's a Premier League standard. He's a Premier League standard player. He's playing the World Cup in the summer. So he's yeah. Having a left footer at left back and a right footer at right back really helped as well when he came on. We haven't got a left back at the moment, so I think there's justification for regardless of what you think he plays at the moment until Reese James is fit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to come in. He's at the club. He's clearly, you know, the fact he's gone straight on the bench tells you, you know, Pete. I know that Oviedo kind of gets lumped in with the the group, you know, mm-hmm. the Rodwell and um, Gilabodji. Well, he would that, do but, because because he wants to leave. But, but I think but, there's, uh, there's, there's different ways you can, yeah, yeah there are different the, ways you can approach. Like, he seemed genuinely happy when the goal went in. He was ecstatic as well. Yeah. He, you could see his celebration. You're looking at him. He was joining in, and for me. When, you, when you're a footballer and you're on the pitch, you, obviously everybody talks about what's going on behind the scenes, whether you want out, you want to stay, wages, blah, 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 whatever's going on. Once you cross that line, you're playing in a football game, you want to impress, no matter what. If I'm playing and say if I want to play, in a, if I think I'm a Premier League player, which Oviedo may do, he wants to play in the top league in Europe. If I'm 
the playing the tour to the English. I want to impress. I want to show people mm. who are looking at me. Listen, I can I can play well here. Like because if you're not if you're not doing it in that division, then you might teams will be looking and going. Do we really want him at the club? But now nah, he it was good to see him. He re, he really tried and he was well impressive. He made a couple of chances even have before you, the goal. Have you ever put a transfer request in anywhere? Uh, when, just when I was at Wolves, I all right. I t- we'll talk about that in a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna have a quick little break. Um, the poll we did, I, I should have boosted this to to do it, to be honest, but I didn't. A thousand people voted in that, and I think they were all from yesterday. Because um, we put Maguire or Gooch, because they're the two obvious ones, or someone else. Some people with someone else replying over here, or some people saying Mumba. Um, Maguire got forty one percent. Gooch got forty seven percent. So Gooch has just edged that one. Um, we're gonna hear from. Kevin Ball and his son Luke now. We're going to be... We'll have this feature that's rolled out for the season now. They're also going to come back in and, and do some more because this was great just listening to these two. Grief, like, grief each other, essentially. My argument is that it should be called a pair of balls. <laughs> and as long as you put on record, that was your idea. Because yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't want Kevin to text me in an angry or, manner or, or anything Luke, like or that. Or Luke, for that matter. I don't, think Luke yeah. would be, I don't think Luke would yeah, be bothered. Yeah. But, uh, yeah... Um, so what we're doing is we've just got them to talk about like all sorts and everything now because it's we've just had the first game of the season, it's August, people are on the summer holidays and stuff like that. Um, this little passage of conversation is about how the Ball family enjoy their holidays over the years. What was our summer holidays like? Where did we used to go? And, and this would be really interesting to hear this because if he says anything different to what I think he says, I'll be gobsmacked. I know... I know what you think I'm going to say. Ah, so that means he's not going to say it now. Like, just cause I'll, I'll let you relay the story. No, no. Go on, you say it, because I think it's important. There's, there's two I want to bring up. Yeah. One where I noticed that the slight change of power in the ball household yeah. over to the younger ball. Uh, this, was, uh, this is early doors. <laughs> then the second one will show where it's been confirmed a few uh, years later on. Go on, then. Tell them the story. The first one was we're on holiday. We'd been on a cruise. This is yeah. Where you think yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, I know where he's going. Go on then, yeah, yeah. So we're on a beautiful, beautiful beach in the Bahamas, and we've set up a nice track, you know, clear of everybody else. The Americans are all on the sidelines waving us on. I'm quite flat-footed. I, I pick up pace later on in the race. It's a big Kev, takes a four or five-yard head start. <laughs> no, I did not. I might give it the dead. So then, I'll say go and then shot off. That's what you're saying. Like. So anyway, we're, we're getting neck and neck, and I'm, I can see the finishing lines in sight for me. I've got this one in the bag. And he forearm smashed his 13-year-old son. <laughs> out of the way. Out of the way. And a, a big American, a big American, you're talking six foot six, uh, the big belly, shook his head and called him a disgrace. <laughs> no, I didn't give a shit because I beat him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck you, kid. <laughs> yeah, I remember that as well. Like, yeah. Can you tell them the other one then? The as other well? one was for your 50th. I know. What about, before you go back, we had actually a race on a cruise ship. Yeah, in the, the corridor was, was the as well. This is, this is the same holiday because I started no, beating him. No, it was. Because no, you're 50. I ain't that old. You mean no, no, 40th? Yeah, I'm saying this, it was the same holiday because I beat you on the beach. Uh, so you right, kept trying yeah. to race me down the hallways. And the hallways are quite thin, so you uh, thought I was stupid because you can only get so many people down the side of a hallway. And he still didn't beat me then either. <laughs> but the, the 50th, can you remember what happened? There was a thing called uh, the Tower of Strength. Ah, uh, um, no, right. I've got no, to tell no, the no, story. no, you're not telling this story. I want to tell this story. Because he thinks he's clever. He thinks he's slick. So I go on having a joke around to tower strength. Hitting the hammer. Yeah, you hit the hammer in the big spot. You've got got a great big mallet and you're whacking on a a podium thing and it gives you a score of 100. You go over 100, you get a great big toy. Great big toy. I've got a little man, my little man, I think it'd have been, what, four or five? Five. He points out, I I want this one. You've got to understand, though, his dad used to have to do this for him all the time. 
So, so I've gone, I've paid me $5. I'll give it a go. 97, I get 98. I've clicked what he's doing. I know what he's doing. He doesn't know what I know what he's doing, but I've clicked what he's doing. He's watching to see where you hit it. So he can be one hit, one hit Harry to come along and do it. So he comes and has a go. 99. So he's, he's beaten us by one. Think he's, think, it rock, think, think he's Billy Big Dick. You know, yes. beaten it by one. So I thought, I'm not having that. So I paid an extra five pound in front of. Are you talking? There's about thirty or forty people, and, and they'll, and they'll, they'll, they'll know. Cool, like, and yeah. they all know. First go, bang! Hundred. The lights have gone on. This fireworks. There's smokes and everything. <laughs> there was no fireworks. There was lights, but there was no there was fireworks. Light. And there was no smoke. Right? That's bullshit. Right? But there was definitely lights. Yeah. And yes, just, I took the toy home. That, yeah, I, and that was the year. I also beat him up. The, the the basketball at Bush Gardens, so the power the power in the ball half world shifted. Right, right. First, right. I've 15. got to tell you this, right? In my house, with my dad when I was younger, it was always competitive. Everything, every single thing, no matter what we'd done, it was always competitive. So obviously, I didn't change any of that when I, when loot. Now, as the years go by, we always used to play the hoops and do everything. Talk, part, every single thing. I mean, I can remember once we went. Uh, on holiday, I forget where we were staying on Orlando, and I'd gone out running that morning, <coughs> and I'd got lost, so I supposed to been out for like 45 minutes, I think I was gone for an hour and a half, and I came in, like ridiculously red hot, now I think he was starting to play at the time, and he was meant to go out and do some running as well, and he hadn't bothered his ass. And I think because I had the raving ump at the time and he said something sarcastic, I actually vaulted yeah, he did. the, the centre island in this apartment we were staying in over the top of the island because I wanted to bloody kill him at the time. Like, so I'd go, I can get your ass out and do some training like that. It was, it, I'll be honest with you, it's not many times I've been impressed by his physical prowess, but that was quite <laughs> it good. Was, even that I, was like, I don't know where it, it came from. a good five-foot bench and he got <laughs> both feet on to play metrics. was excellent. <laughs> um, we, we love, we've always liked going to a place called Marco Island. Yeah. And it's it's just a place we've always loved going to. And I'll be honest with you, if I got the opportunity now and I said to him, "How do you fancy a week away?" That's what I'd we'd go. go. But would we argue? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. But would we have fun? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you, yeah. that bit about the banging of the hammer. What Luke didn't realise though was every dad now and again has to allow his son to take over for a little bit. There was a lot of people watching. And as they walked away and Luke wasn't watching, I looked back at this 40-year-old, 40 throng crowd and I just went, that's what dads do. And I got another round of applause. That bit's bullshit, by the way. <laughs> some crap. Though, if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you enjoyed that as much as I did because it's it was, it was a pleasure listening to those two. We're going we're gonna to do some more stuff. Um, before we had that break, Stephen, you mentioned uh, you put a, a transfer request in. So it's inter- always interesting to hear the insight of a former player and stuff like that. I, I was going to ask if you'd ever played with someone who's put a request in or anything like that because Oviedo has done. There are different ways you can do that. So tell us about your transfer request first and how that came about. Well, mine wasn't really like Romy Toizo or the Pram <laughs> type of thing. It was just, I was out, I'd moved the Wolves obviously from Sunderland and the first year there, like I, I never really settled there in the area or anything at the club. Like obviously, my wife was from Sunderland, and we'd moved down to a uh, South Staffordshire, and we had young children and all. And I was just, I don't know, the football was all right. Like I, I played most weeks. Uh, was this championship? Yeah, championship. Yeah, I played obviously Mick McCarthy at the time. Yeah, I got on really well with Mick, but I just, I don't know, just, something didn't feel. Right. I felt like something was missing there on a kind of personal level. So. I just hated the accent as well. <laughs> you know, the accent down there really annoyed me. The kids were coming home from school and going, "I want to get home." And I just I, not, not that was the only reason, but like I just at the start uh, at the end of the season, I said to Mick, who I have a really good relationship still to this day, I says, "Mick, to be honest with you, well, I call him Gaffer, obviously back then." I says, "I'm not really settling here. I'm not really happy." I says, "Football hasn't been great. We finished just outside the playoffs. We missed out on goal difference in the last game of the season, so it wasn't a disastrous season." Are we like, playing? I played. I played most. Games. I think I played. I don't know, 30, 30 games or something. But I played a lot of games out of position because there was a lot of forwards there. And Mick used to like put me on the wing for some reason. But uh, <laughs> now I just said to myself, "Listen, Mick. I says if there's any way I can get out, get out of this club, um, I, I don't really, I don't really, I'm not really happy here. Like I was one. Of, it wasn't like kind of let me go type of thing. And Mick was great. He says, "Listen, I understand. You understand that like I wasn't kind of happy outside of football. And that's very important, especially being a young person with a young family and." He was great with me, so obviously a chance. I, in the back, I knew there was a chance that Preston were interested anyway, so because I'd spoken with them, well, no behind the scenes, I'd spoken with them, and I knew they were interested in taking me. So, listen, it went quite smoothly, like, and I, I was done within a few weeks of the pre-season. So, I mean, so you didn't have to play a sustained amount of time. I haven't put that oh, request no, no, in or no. anything. Well, it wasn't like that because obviously my relationship with me. So how did Preston tap you up? Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, yeah, I think everybody knows agents speak to clubs and that people, when they're not supposed to, but that's just that, that'll never change, will it? In football, so so you just got a call and say Preston interested. And yeah, then... they, they discuss, everything's discussed before you even kind of move personal terms. Everything like so, and people say it's not the line. We well, ended up back down. That way, didn't you? At Coventry and oh, that way. When I went up to Scotland, well, I realised then after a while, I thought, Jesus, nowhere is as good as Sunderland. So I just kept moving, trying to find that. And in the end, I end up back living here now. Norwich so. as well. It was miles yeah, away. I was there for Norwich. He says, that was some trek. By he the way, says all, he says all the right things, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> so back that Oviedo. Then I mean, there's not going to be a problem, Stephen, in the dressing room. I mean, Oviedo's what he's on like sixty grand a week. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Or, he? or he might be on less because he, still he, he might have got the relegation. I think we still owe money to Everton for him as well. Right, so if if a lot of these new Sunderland lads now, Stephen, I, on, I, I, don't, I, I hear talking about like finances and stuff yeah. like that, but if he's on, let's say, 10 times more than some of those players, does that become an issue or not? Or will they understand the context that he was a Premier League player when he signed that contract? I don't, I don't contract? think it becomes a huge issue at this moment in time, because like, I think that the cl- it's been kind of made clear with certain players at the club, they, 
they're not wanted at the club and they're on big wages. So I think the lads coming in are aware of where the club are wanting to go, and I, I don't think they'll find much of a problem where they 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 they've agreed to their personal terms. So for me, if you're a footballer, you agree your own personal terms, then you shouldn't be worrying about anybody else. Me and Gareth were saying before the game, just generally going back to the, the the performance, and you said there we didn't really have to do a lot apart from match charting up. That's positive, isn't it? Because it was clear that those players hadn't played together before in a lot of cases. You you could see that. It was a new team and the look you thought, God, like some of them were like a fish out of water at times. They did settle down. It's encouraging we didn't have to do much. All we had to do was match charting up and our talent and ability shone through. And that was game one. Yeah, but that's the thing, I think, in this division. I don't think, to win, to get promoted out of this league, I don't think you have to be kind of superstars. You just have to be well-drilled with a game plan. And obviously you have a little bit more quality than the opposition. But like Charlton, I'd be I'd be surprised if there's many teams will come to the stadium of light this year and be much better than what Charlton were. Like, I think... They they were they impressed me a little bit, if I'm honest. Just the way they went about their games, forced uh, twenty five half hour of the game. So I don't know, if, if if Sunderland can kind of cut out them little mistakes, the few even little mistakes they made in the game, then they, I I genuinely think not. I'm not going to kind of tarnish anything here, but they should really get promoted comfortably. I think out of this league with the squad of players that they're to kind of get well, together, especially with the players who've got to come back and the windows yeah. not closed. Yes, yet you'd expect a couple more to come in, wouldn't you, before the end of the window. He's going to have to bring a forward in now because Sinclair's injured, isn't he? I think they're working on one anyway. Well, the, I, I guess the one that people have talked about, I know he's not a forward, but was a wide player, it's like Jordan Jones, isn't it? From, um, he's a wide player, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Maguire's yeah. uh, played up front in, before, like so it's obviously if a few of the midfielders come back, if you can kind of move bodies around that, and he can Gooch kind is, of be a... Gooch, could Gooch can do it. Well, he's a while away, but what more can play through the middle as well? Yeah, what, obviously what more. I would say what more is more of a striker than a whip. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure they're going to go on and commit maybe to buying another striker, but I'd be surprised if they didn't go off another loan deal up front. Because I think what we, we said ourselves, the difference Sinclair made when he oh, came so on. That was the big disappointing thing the weekend, I think, him pulling up. Because you watch mm. him, he, he pulled up straight away and you knew you knew it was kind of, it might be it might be a month even even longer yeah, possibly. Yeah, he was in the reaction. When he was in the wars, when he got smashed in the face and then yeah. he was off for ages gone. and he came on, he's done his arms. That was proper league one, that though, because he went off, got stitches, came back and then the, I can't remember which shot on the fender it was, but he had a, a bandage on his head yeah. and they mm. shook, the shook hands on the field. It was, uh, mm. it was a nice moment. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, it wasn't a nice moment. Charlton fans throwing things down from that. Oh, yeah. really? A uh, girl in front of me got hit by a, a cup of coffee at the end of the game, come flying really? down from the upper stands. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did people think uh, about just the, the general, we, we've said there that we needed this win. Had Sunderland not won the game, we'd be sitting here now and we'd saying, you know, put it, oh, we're all right, stick with them, put it in context, get behind the lads. It was a very big moment, as Gareth said earlier on, when we conceded and, and the whole crowd started, you know, roaring the crowd, roaring the team on. That's not happened in a while. That proves that, you know, fresh start goes a long way. Um, but we did need that win. Like, I just think that, like, the build-up and everything, the new ownership, uh, the new manager, the new players. So the, um, in, 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 James made a comparison about England, didn't you, James? And, and I think it was a really good one. That. Yeah, I, I likened it in the um, the Wise Men Say column in the Sunderland Echo to the England-Tunisia game because drawing 1-1, last-minute winner. If England hadn't won that, it would have been the same old story. World Cup, you know, England disappointed. And... To a degree, to an extent, it would have been the same at Sunderland, you know. Disappointing first day, failed to win at home, mm. went behind, didn't show the necessary character to come back. So I think, you know, in terms of football, you need momentum. And 
I like that comparison because with England as well. Sorry, Stephen, on, the, on this <laughs> talking about England, but we I was had cheering that goal, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a Wales fan anyway. So we we had that belief as a fan that Southgate was doing things different and he's playing a system and he's picking players to play the system. Something we complained about for years. It felt different, very similar to the way we felt as a Sunderland fan. However, everybody will always say it's what happens on the pitch, and and that, as James said, that they are very similar two last minute goals suddenly it makes you believe in everything that you're beginning to believe yourself it justifies your belief in that doesn't it everybody needed we just needed a win no matter how you get it like Stephen said earlier you know it's a cliche isn't it there's no better win a game of, way to win a game of football um, what was that cliche sorry there's, there's no been... better way okay. to win a game of football but I'm saying as well you say belief like the players now will have belief going on the season if they go behind listen it's okay we can get back we've yeah. done this do you know what I mean that's a big thing because sometimes as a team you get into a habit of falling behind and think, especially Sonnen over the last few seasons falling behind there's no chance we're going to come back and now the players think right we've conceded a goal the manager nobody will panic they'll continue doing what they, they need to do and they'll be aware they can come back into games and have that belief and the, the crowd will as well and it just it couldn't have gone much better if you ask mm. me it's a big thing for the crowd as well the, the, the fact that 31,000 fans were there which is which is Ridiculously impressive for that, really. But there will be some fans there who are still sceptical and, 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 and you know Probably. cynical and thinking, you know, we, we needed a win for them almost. I mean, you shouldn't have to apologise for those fans or make well, excuses for fans who um, don't want to go because everybody should go. The first um, the first season under Key in the Premier League, um, I think that end of season DVD might have been called Last Minute Heroes. I don't know if that's correct, but pretty sure it was because I think we scored about nine or ten last minute goals, and that's. It's a meant it's and look at Man United in, in the past. Fergie time and that. So, isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's a, it's a mentality thing. If you know you can keep going at the end, but it's a mentality thing as well for other clubs as well. If if you yeah. come to play a team and you think, "What oh, these have scored in the last minute, such and such times," so they've they got they'll they automatically fall back and make not make it easier to score goals, but they'll be they'll be they'll be rolling in their heads thinking these are going to score these. And then I don't know, it's just a good habit to get into, isn't it? We've got some tweets. Some of them. Uh, we leave for Frankie on Thursday because they're talking about about the next game and stuff like that. Paul Smith um, says, "Was our winning goal on Saturday an elaborate training ground move?" Nice dummy, wasn't it? You'd, 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 you'd like to think they've worked on it, wouldn't you? It was clearly a training. Well, you're definitely walking, crossing, yeah. and finishing, and training, crossing yeah. to the back post and heading <laughs> it in. So yeah. if, you, if you're going down that road, then yeah. <laughs> Oviedo. Some people asking about Oviedo. Frankie Francis, our one. Frankie Francis in. How would you make Oviedo stay? Flowers for his wife, free haircuts in the city for life. I don't think anyone's going to be able to. Chips and gravy from the baker's oven. He'll be in. I don't think either that would be in his diet, if I'm being no, honest. No, no. Is that a cheat day, surely? <laughs> Was that, is that what you'd have on a cheat day? Gravy and chips? From Why, aye. Really? Yeah. Bit disappointing. Why is that? What would you have, Gareth? Where from? Oh, I don't know. No, no, let's come not on, go Gareth. down. Let's not go no, down. No, 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 no. Every day is a you've cheat slid, day for me. You've my choice. <laughs> Every day is a cheat day for me. Donut burger, obviously. <laughs> Matthew um, um, Jack Orr, who's a regular uh, tweeter and listener. Um, Donald Love wants to discuss Donald Love, I think. Saying he's been very poor since we bought him. Surely now it's time to get rid. Uh, just commenting on the quality of it or... Brawl only, as well. He's only 23, Donald Love, and he's been through a lot at Sunderland. For me, he doesn't. if everyone else is fit, he doesn't play. Mm. But 
not gonna chastise the lad here, like, but he he, he wasn't great. But then you could say the same about the rest of the back four. Mm. I know he was great in the first half, but his injury was possibly a blessing in disguise on the weekend. We talk about the physicality in midfield. We had plenty of physicality at centre back, and that didn't make a difference, mm. did it? I mean, we we were. Oster yeah. gave Oster. us some worrying moments. He looked sharp half, in the first he? twenty minutes, like didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was there was you know again not to sort of really criticise someone because he did grow into the game a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what you don't know how much was down to nerves or whatever. But there was one point where the uh, the winger or the centre forward like pulled him out wide and he was just you know he was ten steps ahead of him. And but, but the but the crowd could see it as well. And it's like you know like if you. You're playing football with a ten year old kid or something and you're like you're obviously like ten steps ahead Honestly, of them and you're just you're just knocking the ball I side. You might have took him off first half leaving. I was thinking wait till half time, at least then the crowd yeah, won't yeah. cheer. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, I was thinking yeah. he was at that stage where he might have got a half I know some fans don't like but mm. for me it was really, really poor he was half. I, I like, do wonder if half of it was the way we discussed it before, but the way Charlton were playing as well, it was was such like a blitzkrieg, wasn't it? Mm. That in the second half it eased off and he was actually allowed to, to kind of settle into the game. You probably know more about him, Stephen, than us. He, he he done really well the year Hearts got relegated to the championship done very well he's, <laughs> no, 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 right. but then it's he came back more. and then he, he, he captained the club and he finished tour in the Scottish Premier League and then he fell out of favour after that so he's got decent enough pedigree he scored some cracking goals for Hearts as well like while he was up there like some 30, 25 yard strikes into the top corner I was looking at him the weekend I'm thinking I can't see one of them coming out of the bag today but no, you never know he might, he'll grow with the club hopefully as I well I think L- Leuven's grew into the game a lot as well because I think he He's somebody who hasn't played a lot, mm. but he, even when he, there were, there were occasions when he was turning quite slow and he was giving the ball away, but you could kind of, despite, he's an experienced yeah, player, despite that, you could tell he still had class, couldn't yeah, you? And, and you, you did feel confident he would come into the game. It feels as though it's Leuven's or Ozturk and Flanagan or Flanagan, Flanagan was Flanagan like, was good pre-season, I thought. I just think the two, but I think that it's, one one set partners the other done it not, I think Leuven plays together. every week for me I think yeah. especially with his big game experience he's played for Celtic Sheffield Wednesday Cardiff he's played for clubs with big crowds big demanding crowds and right. that's what yeah. Sullen will be in this league so I, I think he's an important player going forward he reminded me a bit of Stan Varga like the way he moved is that a good thing? I don't know I'm not sure <laughs> I haven't decided yet. in his first spell maybe yeah, he was good when he first came, and then he got an, an injury, didn't he? And Varga. Then that second well, spell was a bit of a. a that non, first a game against Arsenal's famous, isn't it? Well, he was even um, better in. We played Man United um, around Christmas, and it was a game where um, Ray and Mickey Gray got sent off for us, and um, Andy Cole got sent off for them. <laughs> And he was absolutely unbelievable. When we went down to nine men, he that was a top of the table clash, just, wasn't it? Was he basically just played? He's a big he old brute, all the same, wasn't he? That Varga, was like. that was that was a top of the table clash, right. wasn't it? Man, you were top, and we were second. Yeah. Is that right? In January, the goal was a handball. Wasn't it? Mm. Hera is asking what positions we need. I mean, we touched on it. We touched on it briefly, but it would be good to sort of for people to you know commit to answering that now because everybody has different opinions on it. Uh, he's just commenting on how weak our bench looked. He would like a left back in, a striker, and a centre midfielder if Catamol leaves. Not that much different from what we've said there, really, is it? Mm. Well, definitely, would... definitely a forward anyway, because you look, two of, the, two of the main forwards now are going to be out for the next three, four weeks. So 
you need you need at least four strikers at every club, I think. Four like strikers where you think they're going to come in and they're going to do a good job. So forward for me is really important. Midfielders, there's a few midfielders there. Obviously, maybe another physical presence, but we haven't even mentioned Ethan Robson. He came in and played really well the end of last season. He's another one that kind of may play a little bit better alongside, like say, McGeeock or like I don't know whether Honeyman and McGeeock may they, will they play well together. I don't I don't know whether that'll be kind of. You feel like there would need to be one in the middle of the two of them because McGeeock I mean, yeah. sits and Honeyman sort of drifts behind the centre forwards like, I don't he? think Bally, uh, Ballymum is going to play every week you can't you can't ask a 16 year old to play every single game I think the manager was forced to play in the weekend with, with kind of the players he had at his disposal but no, maybe may another midfielder but I, I'd be more worried I think a striker is much more important at this moment I may be alone one Jam, Jam Sani is asking Stephen Elliott if you could hear the Charlton fans on Saturday. <laughs> I, I could see them, but I couldn't hear them. Somebody was giving me a bit of grief saying Sunderland fans were, were crap the weekend. I, I beg to differ, so I just says I, could, I didn't even realise just had any fans there, to be honest. But I actually spelled Charlton wrong as well for him to say, oh, it's spelled this way, so I could say, oh, right, I didn't realise. You know I, mean? I was kind of sucking him in for a bit, but he never came back. <laughs> just say I didn't realise uh, he existed, to be honest. Mm. Um, just a comment, more than a question from Graham Lawton but it's a nice sort of summary of, of how we're all feeling at the moment and he he's in the great thing about Division 3 it is Division 3 I like to call it Division 3 all school um, it sounds is, so much worse though, doesn't it in League 1 doesn't it? <laughs> at least because you've got League 1 in France as the top league but, that, but that's the marketing reason behind it isn't yeah. it that's why they're trying to go down that route and um, they're trying to make the ESL different from the Premier League when really it's well, you know it is no, but they're trying to make it like the totally different things when the, it's all just the hierarchy of English football, isn't it? Probably um, will be in a few years' time. So Graham Lawton's saying the good thing about Division Three is the youth can make mistakes and won't be punished for it, which will massive, massively help them develop. That was one of the many noticeable things he took from the game. That's a fair point. Like obviously. The lower down the leagues you go, the less punishment. I think remember Ballymumba passed it straight to their kind of forward second half, and maybe in the championship, definitely in the Premier League, you're punished for them. You you got two v one situation, but you're able to get the ball back. But listen, now it's it's good for the this. It's a good league for young lads to go and develop and build themselves, get themselves strong, get them kind of play 20 30 games a season and be come like on force team ready because it's 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 it takes a while as a young person to think yeah I'm a, I've arrived I'm a force team player like and a lot of the lads in and around the squad now will still be kind of on the periphery in their mind where have I kind of make it if that's what you like mm. no people say have you made it as a footballer well what is making it you know what I mean is it playing a couple of hundred games you know it's for me I think this this league is good for kind of building up that kind of I don't know just getting them kind of battle hardened isn't it how do people find the whole match to experience obviously the win helps but previously beforehand and stuff we because we, the thing is Stephen like we, since the new owners have come in they like to feed different people information on transfers and stuff like that and I mean I've made a clear I've met Charlie Meffin made a clear I'm not interested in transfers and stuff I hate that I hate the transfer window I hate it we got to find out what the music was all leading up to the game. We weren't allowed to tell that. So how's that for inside information? But it seemed to go down well. A bit of Tiesto, didn't it, before? It good, and then yeah. Prodigy, um, mm. Invaders Must Die, running out and stuff. People find it different yeah, it or better? Good. Does, yeah, does was, things like, like that make a difference for atmosphere? I, I liked it personally, but I just think, it, you know... Tiesto went down very well where I was mm. sitting. I thought it was good. I, th- I thought it was good. Enjoyed it and... Uh, the, the, How many what, drinks have you had at that stage? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Started at 10 o'clock. Well, well, we're, in the, well, we're in the Black Cats Bar. I'm never in, sorry, not the Black Cats Bar. Quinn's Bar, a friend of mine, got us a, it was my birthday the other week, got his birthday present in there, which was nice. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot to drink. Um, and, yeah, it was great. I mean, what I enjoyed is 
um, Charlie Methvin and um, Juan Solari on the pitch before kind of felt we, it was like they were excited, weren't they? They were like, I mean, you people have seen them in the tunnel after the game. <laughs> they were they were kind of like crashing about while trying to not make noise. So Nick Barnes, well, Charlie, man, was funny. I was looking down now at the, the the reaction on the bench now when the full time whistle. That Charlie appeared out of nowhere, didn't he? Yeah. And I swear <laughs> to God, he, he must have high fived at least twenty people in two seconds. We <laughs> <laughs> he, he just looking around what people to hug. Like, the lads were coming off, and obviously, like if one of the directors comes over, do you have mm. to give them a hug? But I guarantee, something. What's he doing? Like, no, but it was, right, it was good. From where I was, he's, Pete, he's, he's Essentially, PR as well. Any it's the first the game as well. Yeah. Now it was, it was listen. It was a it was a great day all around. Like the new owners, new management, kind of new coaches, new players. It couldn't have gone like. And even when the the win and go went in, I kind of purposely looked down the bench, and everybody was together. Even Cookie was there jumping around again. He's been there longer than anybody. Mm, so yeah, the, the morale's obviously good. He's the one who survives it all, isn't yeah. he? The kit man. Which you you know why would you want to yeah. get? Why would you want to replace yeah, a kit man? Yeah. <laughs> I did see. Um, Unless you like you know players run out with like the wrong colour shorts and wrong colour socks and stuff like that. I did see. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Juan Saltori in the in the bar afterwards, and, and Stuart Donald were in there, and uh, I think they were like very friendly. You know, Juan Saltori is a very energetic chap. Extremely. <laughs> he was coming over. He was like, well, I was talking to Chris Waters, another lad, and he came over, and he was just like shaking everyone's hand, and he was like, right, I'm, I'm going. Not didn't sound like that, obviously. <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, he was having a lovely old. Yeah. He was having a lovely old time. Um, he was just loving it. And That's good, though. I quite, when, I, when... It's, it's, I quite like that. It's a. Fo- it's like. They've bought. It's like they've bought this football club, and it's been the dream to own a football club. And they've got one, and they've got Sunderland, and they're probably mm. half of them probably thinking, "How have we ended up here?" Mm. And then, you know, and they're enjoying it. And then the other half's the professional side and doing mm. the. It's job like the little baby, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. It's like they're like they're getting right into it, which is which is a yeah, good thing, especially when everything's going well. Everybody, everybody's on board. Which is why the win was stewards at the end of the game. Which is why the win was so important, though, because you're doing all this thing and you're trying everything. The fans own opens the game, which helps because it. I thought, you know, when I do the Borough and Huddersfield games, they play like dance music and stuff before the start, and and I've sat there thinking this is good because it gets a crowd up. Mm. I don't think anything we tried last season would have worked. That's what I'm saying. You go yeah. back to last season, yeah. if you start playing dance music when they're losing, they'd be thinking, why are you playing this? You know what I mean? yeah. People would be like moaning about it probably. So which is, it, it's, it's back to the fresh start thing, yeah. isn't it? Which is a game was why the win helped. But little things like that do make a difference. The fans on opening makes a difference. The next thing is to get fans there at 10 to 3 rather than 3. And I'm always guilty for this myself when I'm, when I'm you know going in as a fan because I, I, I tend to get in for kickoff or maybe a couple of minutes late because there's nothing near the ground. So you... It, it's you, 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 you need you, <laughs> you need beer you, tent there at the weekend. Yeah, you, yeah, you need to be nice. you want to be there early, um, and the fan zone will help with that. But if you want to get people in, you know, if you're going to blast all this music, get people in the mood, you need to make sure people are there. And there's still something that needs to be looked at. But we're uh, they have glow we're, sticks now next home game as well, <laughs> aren't they? I was thinking, I bet you could, imagine a night game or the end of the season. They should they should just go full pelt. But mm. night game, back Red end and of the season, say we need say we need to like you know win a game there. Hopefully. Get promoted or something like that. Hashtag get the room. When TS still comes on, just cut the lights and they can have like a big light show and build it all up. Just you remember when they used to have um, fireworks and that at the stadium when they came mm. out? Just, just go, just go mad. Get, just the, go for get it. the lasers back on and stuff like that. Oh, just go for it. Stuff. Oh, just go for it. At the end, we should just go for it. But you know what? Well, we've had so much misery for however long. You know, and if we get the, if we get the opportunity to you know enjoy things again, I know. So you're going back to Keene here again, and the fact that. We didn't get presented with a trophy on the pitch, and then mm. we didn't have the parade. I could see the logic at the time, 
Um, and you ended up what receiving the trophy at the Ramside oh, or something. No, it was, like that. The, it was the same hall. It was, was horrendous. It? Like, I think I touched <laughs> on this before. It was like for me that was the one mistake Roy made. Like I, he should have let. It should have been because you never know when you exactly. club like so you never know when it's round. Mm. I know he, but he was used to being at Man United like winning mm. things every week. I was like. Listen, Roy. Some of the lads in this squad, this may be the only thing yeah, we'll yeah. ever win. It's nice to have that memory as a mm. as a player. I think I mentioned it before. Darren Ward, like I remember yeah. him saying to me, oh, "I've never won anything before," and he was into his like mid uh, early to mid thirties, yeah. and he wanted to share them moments with mm. his children and that. But now you you can't beat a good trophy presentation. That, would, that <laughs> would that would be interesting because it's crossed my mind now. Thinking because, like you say, Roy Keane. Um, did say no, you know, we should be aiming for better than that. And I could see why I tried to do it. Well, I remember needed, Dino lifting the trophy in the same hall and it was all us and our partners and we're sitting there going, Ey! and it was like, okay, we get the drink. It was just yeah. like, it just felt, it just wasn't right. The supporters, it's a moment, I think, for yeah. supporters and players to come together and, and celebrate the kind mm. of effort, both, both, both kind of... Be interested to see what route they take with this well, Bain Division 3. We need it, well, we need to get promoted first. Yeah, come but, on. We, yeah. We, we, come on. If we do, if we do it's go Saturday, in a side yeah. that don't know each other hardly, win a game against the side arguably as good as you're going to see to stay back this season doesn't make you believe nothing will come on negative for the last two years I think it's a positivity from now on it's definitely a probability but it's Sunderland isn't it so you just just can't this is a new Sunderland new Sunderland paint the bridge red and white again they should just go for it just go all out just go all out I hate it being green anyway this is enough this is enough content who's going to swear who's going to swear on top top of the um, oh it's gone now isn't it Seaburn Centre Seven cents gone, being knocked uh, down. Yeah, we'll have to. Is it knocked down? Now, is it? Yeah, yeah. to find Look somebody else. Kale Square else for stuff to, now, haven't they? Square from Kale Square. They'll, they'll build a they'll build a stage on Kale Square. Wasn't, anyway, didn't anyway. he sing? The, wasn't it the Lee Howie song that he sang? I don't know. <laughs> I think he, yeah, he did. I think they got. Up, I think they got up on on the thing, and he sang like the Lee Howie song <laughs> on the mic, and then it was in like yeah, go next year, like meet great apologizers <laughs> for like swearing in front of like. 40,000 That's a nasty swear word, that one as well, it isn't is, it? Especially it's, back then. It's the worst one you can get. Right, okay. We're not going to go on now. Um, we did have that win to talk about. Frankie Francis and some of the uh, the mags who follow Sunderland um, from the Wiseman Men's team. Who, they find it easier to get a gear set in Newcastle than they do here. Mags. Um, so they're going to do the they're going to do the show on, on Thursday, which is the preview, and they'll be doing that uh, for the foreseeable. But thanks for sharing this moment with us. Thanks for listening.